Uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Anchor. Uh, welcome to my podcast, Bring It to the Table. Uh, we're going to start covering a lot more UFC fights. Um, and I thought, why not bring it all the way back to the classics? So I'm taking it back to the classics here. Uh, we're going to go off with uh, the UFC Ultimate uh, Ultimate 95 Catchweight. This was on December 16th, 1995. This is UFC Classic. Uh, this was uh, tank, all right, the first fight on the card was Tank Abbott versus Steve Jenham. Um, he, uh, Steve Jenham was fighting out of Omaha, Nebraska. He goes by the police officer. Um, his style of fighting was called ninjutsu. Now, this is a style of fighting I'm not really familiar with. Um, and Tank Abbott, his style is just pit fighting. He's kind of known as just a brawler. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not even really sure if he really trained in, in the gym. But either way, this was like the evolution of MMA anyways. This was before, you know, people knew, you know, specifically what martial arts worked the best and things like that. So... It was, you know, not that abnormal for this time. Uh, Tank Abbott was 30 years old in this fight. Uh, Steve Jenham was 32 years old. Tank Abbott is six foot tall. Uh, Steve Jenham is five foot ten. Tank Abbott is 250 pounds. Steve Jenham is 195 pounds. Uh, and Tank Abbott is fighting out of Huntington Beach, California. So when the fight starts off, Tank Abbott comes out immediately with the takedown into half guard. Before the takedown, Tank throws a right hand. It appears as if uh, Steve gets him in the takedown. Um, oh, excuse me. It said it, I wrote, it appears as if Steve gave him the takedown. So, like, he almost just looked like he just wanted to go to his back or whatever. Like, he didn't fight the takedown or anything. Uh, it looks kind of like he rolled to his back. Uh, after a few readjustments and posturing up, Tank pulls out of the half guard, stands up, and jumps back into Jenham's full guard. Uh, Tank... Abbott puts his head against Steve's head, and Steve taps out. So this was crazy. This is something you don't really ever see in MMA. Um, at least nowadays, you don't really see that. This guy just takes him down into guard. He uses his pressure because Tank Abbott has a huge, thick, muscular head, and he literally just, uh, you know, presses his head against his head so hard that he taps out, which is, I mean, I haven't wrestled in a long time. I haven't wrestled since, uh, you know, high school. Wrestled for like one year. And, um, excuse me, I didn't even wrestle a full year in high school. I just wrestled in middle school. And um, I wrestled for a little bit in the tryouts, and I just decided I didn't want to wrestle. But I, I've had a lot of experience wrestling as a younger child. And, um, you know, there's a lot of head-to-head fighting and wrestling. Uh, to tap out from somebody just putting pressure on your head like that, I mean, that's, you know, in the wrestling world, in the competitive wrestling world, that would be considered extremely weak. Um, you know, I, I don't want to judge him because I also don't have Tank Abbott, you know, putting his head against my head at full force. But... In the MMA world, the fighting world, that's considered very weak. And um, you would get made fun of very badly if you tapped to something like that nowadays. And, of course, the rules are a lot different nowadays, too. Um, you know, you can't headbutt and things like that. He didn't even headbutt. He just pressed his head against his head, literally, and he tapped. Um, so that was not impressive at all. Um, you know, like I said, I try to be humble because I'm not in these people's positions. I wouldn't want to fight Tank Abbott. <laughs> um, but, you know. It just was not impressive. Um, you know, just my notes on the fight, you know, I said it looks like he had good jujitsu skills because he just, you know, he went right into half guard. And then he positioned in a full guard. But, um, yeah, it just it just really wasn't it wasn't good. So that was that fight. The next fight is uh, Paul Verilins versus Dan Severn. So Paul Verilins is 25. He's 6'8". He's 300 pounds. He's fighting out of Fairbanks, Alaska. He's a freestyle fighter, and Dan Severn is a wrestler, 37 years old, 6'2", 255 pounds, fighting out of Coldwater, Michigan. Paul Verilin starts out with the sloppy leg kick 
and Dan Severn immediately takes him down. Like the previous fight, it, it kind of looks like he just gives him the takedown. So a lot of these takedowns look kind of strange. It almost looks like they're just kind of rolling with the takedown and giving him the takedown, essentially. You know, he awkwardly falls to his back. Dan Severn immediately advances the side control with control of the head and arm. Like any good wrestler, Dan Severn keeps good pressure on his chest and puts him in an arm triangle, and he submits him. Uh, this goes on for about 30 seconds or less before he submits him. So the first two fights on this card, they go by extremely fast. Uh, the next fight we have is uh, Dave Benetou versus Oleg Taktarov. Now, excuse me if I pronounce these names wrong, but that's that's how I believe it said. Dave Benetou versus Oleg Taktarov. I think that's how you say the name. So Dave Benetou fighting out of uh, Windsor, Ontario. He's 28 years old. He's 6'2". He's 235 pounds. Uh, Oleg Taktarov is 27, 6 feet tall, 225 pounds, fighting out of Gorky, Russia. So they immediately tie up in good wrestling stances. You can tell they are both skilled grapplers. They have good, um, they have good, uh, you know, wrestling stances, I guess. So you can tell they're both, you know, skilled grapplers just based off their stances. I know that's kind of a wild assumption, but at least they had good stances. So you would think they were good wrestlers just based off of how they were standing. Uh, Oleg Taktarov def uh, definitely has much higher con credentials, uh, and he's a sambo expert. So I was looking at his record. He's like he's like a sambo expert and. Um, you know, Russians are just, they, they're just, you know, known to be very good at grappling and things like that. Uh, he did win some type of championship. I, I don't have his record, but I was just looking on the screen, and he looked like he had some very high credentials. And um, you got to think, too, somebody's coming all the way from Russia to fight in the United States. They probably know what they're doing. They're not going to take a trip, you know, halfway across the world for no reason. Um, so I guess I expect him to win. Uh, Benetol, so when, okay, so the fight starts off. Benetol lands a nice jab after the wrestling clinches break up. So they start off the wrestling. He lands a nice jab. Neither one of them is wearing gloves. Yeah, that's the other thing that's weird. I, I didn't really mention this in the previous fights. A lot of these guys aren't wearing gloves. So they have to kind of like alter their techniques. You're going to see a lot more slapping, a lot more wrestling, a lot less punching because, you know, people's hands break very easily. If you break your hand in a fight, and these are fights that go on for like 30 minutes with no rounds um and very little rules so if you break your hand in these fights you're going to be screwed so you don't you don't see a lot of punches from certain people now tank abbott when he fought he had gloves on which is in my opinion is very smart he had he had like the, the mma gloves he throws a lot of punches and i, I think that's very smart because you know you want to finish your opponent especially if a fight is 30 minutes long you know who wants to fight for 30 minutes so if i was fighting out there i would have gloves um but a lot of these guys don't have gloves so they start off wrestling uh, you know, Benetton's wearing the gloves, and uh, he's wearing wrestling shoes, and uh, Taktorov is barefooted, bare-knuckled. Taktorov goes for a leg submission or some type of heel hook or something like that, and he quickly gets it after about 30 seconds. So he just gets a hold of his leg, you know, he falls into his guard, falls on his back, you know, wraps up his leg with his legs, puts him in, a, in a, some type of leg lock or knee bar, and he taps quickly. So he, Taktorov finishes him quickly. And uh, the next fight is Keith Hackney versus Marco Ruiz. Uh, Keith Hackney is a Kempo karate fighter, age 37, uh, 5 foot 11, 200 pounds, fighting out of Medina, Illinois. And Marco Ruiz is a Valley Tudo fighter, 6 foot 1, 218 pounds, fighting out of Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. So the fight starts off, they both exchange leg kicks. Uh, Hackney appears to be uh, backing up. He throws an overhand right, open-handed, and misses. A minute or so goes by with little, if any, um, action. And then Marco Ruiz pushes him into the fence and immediately takes his back.
He finds him out, taking his back, and begins to land blows. After a few punches, he gets the rear naked choke and hackney taps. So that's the end of the, the you know, the, 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 the beginning of the bouts. And then we head on to the semifinals. So those are their first original bouts. Um, now we have Tank Abbott. He's going to face Dan Severn. All right, so the fight starts off on the feet. Uh, Dan immediately comes out in a wrestling stance with his hands slightly up to protect his face. Uh, Tank keeps a low center of gravity in somewhat of a wrestling stance, keeping his base strong, keeping his knees bent. Dan immediately shoots, and Abbott clearly anticipated this and sprawls immediately. Uh, Abbott lands a few small punches from the uh, sprawl top position, but lands a giant knee to the head before they both get back to their feet. So Dan's, you know, utilizing the wrestling here. He appears to be the much better wrestler. And it takes him down. He lands a big knee. And uh, they get back to their, their feet eventually. Uh, Dan pushes him against the cage and manages to take him down and gets his back. Dan lands brutal ground and pound with everything from elbows to knees to punches. And like I said before, an important fact in this, in this fight is that they both don't have gloves. Uh, excuse me, Dan doesn't have gloves. You know, if Tank has the gloves. No, this is important because it's, it's, this is a very frustrating fight to watch because Dan could have easily finished him if he had gloves. He could have just th thrown a series of, of punches, and uh, he would have TKO'd him, in my opinion. But it, he didn't have gloves on, so he, he couldn't use punches. He could only slap him. He slaps this guy probably like a thousand times throughout the fight, and it just looks it looks really silly to me. Um, you know, like if those were punches, he, he would have the fight would have been over. He's just literally laying on top of him, smacking him a bunch of times. Uh, he's landing a lot of powerful elbows. He's elbowing Tank in the back of the head, which is very brutal. Um, you know, nowadays in MMA, like I said, the rules are completely different. There's rounds. Everybody has gloves. Everybody has to, you know, have groin protection. Um, you know, you can't hit the back of the head. You, can, you, can't knee at a, you can't use your elbow at a 90 degree angle. You can't knee a downed opponent. So the rules are completely different. You know, you can do almost anything in these fights. These are, you know, like anything goes type fights. So you see a lot of these, uh, you see Dan Severn, he's, he's elbowing Tank Abbott in the back of the head and just looks brutal and he starts kneeing him in the head. But the slaps just look super silly. Like, I don't know, most people probably would agree the slaps just look incredibly silly. And, um, you know, if you're in a fight and you're using all your energy like that, a fight that's going on for 30 minutes with no rounds, why would you want to slap somebody? That's just, that's not going to deliver enough, you know, damage to really knock someone out unless you just swung as hard as you could. But even then it's just, the chances are very low. So he's slapping his guys, elbowing him in the head, he's kneeing him in the head. Uh, Dan has him like in a referee's position, which is something they do in folk style wrestling, which is like American high school wrestling, which is what I did. And um, you know, he, you can tell he's a very skilled wrestler. He's got him in referee's position from the top, like a jujitsu guy. If they if they have your back, they're probably gonna put their hooks in. They're gonna you know try to go for the rear naked choke. Dan Severn is obviously a you know a wrestler. I'm sure he knows a little bit of submissions, but. Um, He's using like, you know, very, very, very standard wrestling, you know, American wrestling here. Uh, he's not putting his hooks in. He literally has him in referee's position like you would see in a, in a wrestling match. Um, um, let's see, what else? Yeah, so he's got, he's doing the folk style wrestling. He's got the two-on-one from top position. Like he's got two hands on the wrist, which is another thing you see in, in folk style wrestling. Um, he's got wrestling, wrestling shoes on, so it looks like a, like a, really does look like a wrestling match. They both have wrestling shoes on, actually, so it, it literally looks like a, a wrestling match. And we see Dan use an ankle pick to flatten him out to his stomach. Um, 
it's another wrestling move that you see. You know, you grab the ankle. It's pretty simple. You grab the ankle, you chop the arm, flatten the guy out to his stomach. If Dan had gloves on, like I said before, this fight would have been over. Um, sorry, I took a lot of notes here. I'm trying to cut to the chase here. Okay, one thing I will give credit to, like I was saying in my notes, is uh, Tank shows incredible heart. He takes all these punches and hits. I mean, he's getting hit over and over and over. And in modern-day MMA, they probably would have stopped the fight. Well, it's hard to say, too, because in modern-day MMA, you can't, you know, in the UFC specifically, you can't knee in the back of the head. You can't knee on the head from a downed opponent. You can't throw a knee to the back of the You can't, excuse me, you can't throw an elbow to the back of the head. So it's hard to say. I mean, a lot of these, these blows would have been illegal in modern-day MMA. But... I mean, the amount of damage he's taking, I think the referees nowadays probably would have stopped it anyways because, you know, they're, they're a lot more, you know, conscious about the fighter's health and things like that. So I, I think in a modern-day MMA fight, they probably would have stopped this fight just because of all the blows that Dan Severn landed. Uh, but Tank shows incredible heart, and, and Tank has a really thick neck. He's got a really thick, muscular head. Um, so he's probably able to take some of this damage uh, better than most fighters. I mean, he's, he's got a you know, really thick neck and head, so... That probably helped absorb a lot of this uh, impact, but I, I, you know, it's it's still not good. Um, the thing that's really benefiting Dan Severn in this fight too is he's literally sitting there, <laughs> kneeing this guy in the stomach, kneeing him in the head, you know, smacking him in the head, you know, and he's got he's got Tank Abbott directly in his corner, so his corner man is just sitting there telling him exactly what to do. Oh, knee him right here, knee him right here, knee him right here. And um, it's very different from the modern-day MMA because, you know, modern-day MMA, you, you see him going for a rear naked choke. Uh, you see him throwing punches with gloves on. So it's it's kind of interesting to see the evolution of MMA here. Uh, he, he lands a, a, a brutal flurry of knees to the head. I mean, it's just, it looks crazy. And the thing that's really interesting, too, is, is Tank is not really bleeding that bad. He's got a couple little cuts on his head. But he's not like, I mean, you think this guy would be drenched in blood. I mean, he's literally getting kneed in the head over and over, elbowed in the head. Um, but there's just really not many punch, not really that much blood, you know. So he, like I said, he he absorbs the impact very well. Uh, you know, Tank looks like he's okay, which is crazy. He's you know he's perfectly alert. You know, he's fine. He's just literally getting pounded on. The ground and pound continues and continues. Tank finally gets up to his feet with less than three minutes on the clock. So that's the other thing that's really interesting about Tank Abbott too. Tank Abbott is like a, is you know he he doesn't look like a, a guy that you know his health conscious or anything like that. Like I, I, I've heard that he, he was a guy that went to the bar and used to drink a lot. And, you know, he used to go to the, you know, just look for fights and stuff like that. I mean, he's very, very, very muscular. I mean, this guy looks like he deadlifts like, you know, 600 pounds or something. Guy is incredibly muscular, but he's also kind of fat. And he's not something you would, not someone you would see as like a fighter. You know, fighters are usually shredded, usually have very good cardio. And he doesn't even look like he has cardio, but I mean, watching this fight, he's literally getting manhandled for like 15 minutes, getting punched a million times, and he gets back to his feet. And his cardio, it really does not look bad at all. This guy actually has some pretty good cardio. Um, so he gets back to his feet with three minutes on the clock. Dan is still controlling his back while Tank's on, onto the cage from standing position. Tank gets free with 10 seconds left on the clock, throws a left hand, falls into a sprawl position, gets back up, and, and the clock runs out. Dan wins, of course, by unanimous decision. So... Give you know Tank a little bit of credit here. He has a lot of heart. Um, you know, in his wrestling, he has like a pretty cool like wrestling stance. He's very explosive, so he was anticipating the takedown. He just wasn't ready for it, I guess. And um, you know, he's got powerful hands, but he wasn't able to show it in this fight because you know Dan jumped on on the wrestling immediately, 
And it's, it's really cool to watch these fights because you get to see the evolution of culture. Like right now it's 2020. This is this is really funny to watch. Like all the all the guys in these fights, they have these big, you know, mustaches that were really popular like in the 80s and 90s, I guess. Um, you know, and they just have mustaches with, with no other facial hair, just a big giant mustache, which I think is pretty funny. And, um, you know, they very, it's very nineties, eighties ish. Like they have, uh, you know, different haircuts, like haircuts as you would see more in the nineties and eighties. Um, it's, it's very cool to watch it. It kind of looks like pro wrestling. Like these guys come out in, you know, different uniforms. Some people come out with, you know, karate geese. Uh, it, it looks very cool. It kind of reminds me of like the karate kid movie. Um, it's just, it's very nineties ish. And it's, it's, it's like the evolution of MMA, and it's just, it's, it's really sad that, uh, you know, Bruce Lee wasn't a, around during this time to really just, you know, capture the essence of the evolution of MMA, because these fighters are all coming together, they all have different backgrounds, some of these guys are karate fighters, some of these guys are submission wrestlers, some of these guys are just American wrestlers, some of these guys are brawlers, and we get to really find out, you know, what techniques work, what doesn't work, and it's, it's the evolution of the fight game, so it's, it's really cool to watch this for me. You know, being a modern-day MMA fan, I get to see the evolution. So, anyways, back to the next fight. We have Marco Ruiz versus Oleg Taktarov. So, we got Marco Ruiz. He's a Valley Tudo fighter, which is like, uh, it's like, I guess it's like a Brazilian street fighting type thing. And they're always very good fighters. They know how to punch. They know how to kick. They know grappling. They know wrestling. They're very, very solid fighters. So, that's, a, that's an excellent background for MMA, Valley Tudo. And then Oleg Taktarov, he's a Sambo fighter. And, um, you know, Sambo is very similar to Jiu-Jitsu. They emphasize a little bit more on the leg locks and things like that. And, you know, Russia just has a lot of grappling in general. And, you know, Russians just have the reputation of being very tough. And they have a lot of, you know, martial arts training in Russia. So just off the fact that he's from Russia, I just give the guy respect because, you know, he's probably, you know, he's probably trained a lot in martial arts, you know, flying halfway across the world to the United States to fight. So they're going to fight in the next semifinal, semifinal fight. So Marco Ruiz... The fight starts off, Marco Ruiz, Marco Ruiz, he lands a leg kick. Uh, Taktarov shoots shortly after trying to take the fight to the ground where he can use the Sambo wrestling and grappling skills. Uh, Taktarov lands a side kick with not much power. Uh, Ruiz lands another leg kick, and then another, and then another. So Ruiz is just throwing these really powerful leg kicks. He's very good at the, at the leg kicks. And, um, you know, they, they really take a lot of energy out of you. They, they they limit your ability to to move forward to bounce off your feet they leave you in a lot of pain they make it hard for you to kick they make it hard for you to defend takedowns and uh they, they give you less power in your punches because you can't you know move off the balls of your your heels of your feet essentially so leg kicks are a very essential thing in mma in modern day mma too you have to be able to defend leg kicks you have to be able to throw leg kicks so that's a very smart tactic and especially because you don't have to worry so i mean you can break your foot throwing a leg kick it happens all the time people break their feet their ankles but i would think that it's a little bit safer than throwing a punch because your hands actually break very easily so i do think this is a smart technique uh taktaroff is already showing pain in his legs and after attempting to throw a kick he appears to grab his kneecap in pain and readjust his knee pads so taktaroff has knee pads on too uh taktaroff's leg is already reddening from marco's powerful kicks to the legs so that gives you an idea of how powerful these kicks are. I mean, you're watching this on TV. This isn't the best camera. This is like, the, you know, the late 90s. And, um, you know, this guy, his leg is already reddening on the camera. So, and, and you know, a lot of times, if, if you notice about, you know, video cameras, you know, things tend to not look as dramatic on the video camera sometimes as in real life. So, it, you know, the fact that you can even see the redness 
from the video camera, you know, that, that just means a lot. That means that he's probably in, in tremendous pain. Uh, Taktorov finally gets Marco Rua against the fence. Marco has both hands locked around Taktorov's waist, although Taktorov has him pushed against the cage. Taktorov is also holding onto the fence. Uh, Taktorov rolls into a leg lock, which doesn't work, and Ruiz takes top position. So that's another inter interesting thing, too. I, I failed to mention in some of the other previous fights, too. A lot of times these guys are grabbing the cage. They're holding onto the cage to stop the takedown. Um, you know, when uh, Dan Severn was fighting Tank Abbott, he held onto the cage, and he kneed him in the stomach. And, uh, you know, when Tank Abbott was getting back to his feet when he was fighting Dan Severn, he held onto the cage. You're not allowed to do that in, in modern-day MMA. Anytime somebody grabs a cage, I mean, it's like natural instinct because it's like, you know, to hold on to something. So any, anytime somebody grabs a cage, the referee will start yelling, let go of the cage, and sometimes they'll actually physically, you know, grab the fighter's hands and pull them off of the cage. And if they keep doing it, they'll take a point away. So that's very interesting, too, that they allow these people to grab the cage in modern in uh, this old MMA. Um, so... So, yeah, he wraps his hands around Taktorov's waist, although Taktorov has him pushed against the cage. So Taktorov's trying to get the takedown here. He knows he's, he thinks he's a better grappler. He, th he thinks he has the advantage with grappling. He hasn't really shown any striking in, in, uh, you know, in his last fight either. Taktorov is just really trying to go for the grappling here. Uh, Taktorov is also holding onto the fence. Taktorov rolls into a leg lock, which doesn't work, and Ruiz takes top position. Taktorov gets back. Oh, so this is another thing that really upset me. So the referee, he stands them back up to their feet. Which is, um, you know, I, I really don't agree with that at all. I mean, he literally has him taken down uh, with a with a guillotine choke. So that's so. Let me let me clarify what's going on here. So Taktorov has him pushed against the fence. Uh, you know, Marco Ruiz he has both underhooks in, but he he's pushed against the fence. Uh, Taktorov gets a guillotine choke on him. He takes him down. You know, they're they're on the ground for about 30 seconds. He's got this choke in. And um, it doesn't look like he's going to get the choke because, you know, if, if the choke was tight enough, he would have tapped within a couple seconds. But, you know, Marco Rhodes is on top now. Now we get to see, you know, the, the grappling fight here. But the referee, he uh, he stands him back up, which is I think is a terrible call. I think that almost ruined the fight. I mean, they're both grapplers. And, you know, they both got submissions in their, in their fights before. So this is just really silly that the referee stood them up. I think that really messed up the fight. But anyways, he stands him up. But before he stands him up, he lands a couple headbutts. His head is, is bleeding a little bit from all this grappling and rolling around. Um, you know, like I said, uh, Ruiz is clearly the better striker. He's also an effective grappler, though, too. So, so Ruiz is a really a solid fighter here. Taktorov looks terrible on the feet and appears to desperately try and take this fight to the ground. So, yeah, so Ruiz looks like a solid striker. Taktorov looks like a terrible striker. We haven't seen anything. We've seen, like, one sloppy kick from him. Um, he, he doesn't seem like he has a good strategy for striking at all. Marco lands another brutal leg kick um, as Taktorov tries to shoot on it for a takedown. Uh, Taktorov uh, shoots again, but Ruiz sprawls. Uh, Taktorov desperately tries to pull Ruiz in, into his guard, but it doesn't work. Ruiz lands another leg kick, and finally, uh, finally we see uh, Taktorov with some very decent punches. So he does have like one part in this fight where he explodes and he throws some good punches. But other than that, we don't really see much, you know, standing up from Taktorov. Uh, so he lands this flurry of punches. He pushes Ruiz against the fence. Taktorov puts Ruiz in. Okay, so this is, sorry, so I'm a little bit ahead of myself here. So I'm just going to repeat what I was saying earlier. So Taktorov puts Ruiz in the guillotine from standing position. He pulls guard with the guillotine in place. He desperately holds onto the guillotine. And John McCarthy, the referee, stands him up. You know, that is a terrible, unfair call. 
And then, okay, so let's fast forward back to where we were. Okay, so Marcus lands a leg kick. Taktarov lands a weak kick. Uh, Marco lands another powerful leg kick. Uh, they have a quick exchange of punches and both exchange kicks as well. Taktarov throws another kick. Another exchange of punches. Uh, Ruiz throws a feint jab and follows up with another kick. While Taktarov responds with a few punches. Uh, Ruiz follows up with a, with a couple kicks and another kick. And he just I mean, he's just chopping the legs. This whole fight, he's chopping the legs, chopping the legs. You know, he's... He's weakening his legs. He's weakening his ability to try to take, uh, you know, Ruiz down. Uh, he's, he's leaving him in a lot of pain. He's not going to be able to put any power into his punches or any power into his kicks or just, you know, he's limiting his ability to even move off of his legs. I mean, these kicks are very powerful. They continue to exchange punches for a while and Taktarov shoots, but Ruiz sprawls. Ruiz follows up with more kicks and Ruiz desperately pulls guard, but, um, excuse me, Taktarov desperately pulls guard, but Ruiz doesn't take the bait. Ruiz lands more powerful kicks. Taktarov desperately pulls guard again after a powerful leg kick from Ruiz. They exchange a few more punches, and the fight is over. Uh, certainly was not the most exciting fight. Like I said, I think the referee really messed up this fight by standing them up. Um, you know, stand-up was not good. I mean, you know, okay, so Ruiz is throwing these, these leg kicks, but he's not really throwing any powerful punches. You know, it's not the most exciting thing in the world. People want to see punches. You know, this is the evolution of MMA here. Like I said, they don't have gloves. Uh, just throwing a lot of kicks. You know, Taktarov really didn't really show much striking ability. I mean, he literally just fell to his back like three or four times desperately trying to get uh, Ruiz to get into his guard. Um, you know, that, that's, that, that's one thing I don't like to see, I guess, because I have like a wrestling mind state. I like to see the opponent actually take down the other opponent now he to be fair to, to Taktarov he did try to take him down a couple of times uh he failed at taking him down and um you know so he was just going to his back to try to get him you know to come into his guard which but when you watch that on a, on a fight on tv it just looks very very to me it looks very silly I hate watching that like it just it looks like it just looks like a joke like are you gonna lay on your back in the middle of a fight like come on man I, mean, I know he's a he's a he's a submission expert I know he knows what he's doing off of his back, but it just, it just look, to me it just looks so unprofessional. Somebody just lays on their back in the middle of the fight. Now there are guys that can actually do something like that, and and they can. And if you do jump into the guard, they will submit you. So, I mean, I guess it's an effective strategy. But all the other guy has to do is just say, "All right, well, screw you. I'm not going into your guard." And then, you know, nothing happens. So it, this was this was really not a fun fight to watch. The striking wasn't great. Uh, you know, one time where you know the, the grapplers actually got to work. The referee stands him up. I mean, also, too, Marco Ruiz is a Valetudo fighter. In his previous fight before this one in the tournament, he choked out the other guy. So, obviously, he knows what he's doing on the ground. So, if they would have let it go on the ground, I'm sure he would have landed some good punches. He would have choked him out. You know, it would have been it would have been a good ground fight. So, I don't I, – I, it baffles my mind as to why the referee stood him up, especially because he had the choke in. And, like I said, I don't think he was going to get the choke, but he still, you know, was had the choke in. So that just kind of, you know, that ruined the whole fight, in my opinion. I'm not saying it was going to be a great fight anyways, because, you know, there wasn't really exciting striking or anything like that. And um, the craziest part about the whole fight is the, the judges gave it to um, to Taktarov. And um, I, I guess the reason why they did that was he was, you know, quote-unquote, the aggressor. I mean, he went for, like, two takedowns. He went for a submission attempt. But reality is, I mean, damage-wise, Ruiz did way more damage. Ruiz landed probably about, you know, at least 15 or 20 of these powerful leg kicks. Um, but he wasn't the aggressor. You know, he was on defense the whole time. You know, he, I don't think he went for a takedown. 
And so, I mean, it's, it's crazy they gave it to Taktarov, but like I said, you don't leave it up to the judges anyways. And that, that's kind of the cool thing, too, is that, you know, now, nowadays MMA is a lot more competitive. If the, if the, if the judge makes a, a bad call, everybody goes crazy, which is fair because, you know, there's a lot of time and effort and money put into these things. But, um, you know, in the old days, it was like <laughs> they didn't even have weight classes. Some of these guys didn't have gloves. You just showed up. And, uh, and these guys had to fight in the same day, too. So these guys were just, you know, incredible shape. And, it's, you know, it's very old school. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of cool to watch the evolution of MMA. So the next fight is Oleg Taktarov versus Dan Severn. So this is the, this is the championship bout here. So Dan Severn comes out slapping Taktarov in a wrestling stance. Now, this is kind of funny, too, because, you know, Dan Severn's a super American guy. He's got this big, giant mustache like you see a lot of people that had in the 90s and 80s. He's got the American flag. He's fighting the Russian. And, you know, in the 80s, you know, America and Russia had, had the Cold War. So there's a lot of tension between Russia and America. Like, you know, you've seen the Rocky movie with, uh, the, you know, the Russian boxer. If he dies, he dies. You know, he's fighting Rocky. And I was like, you know, the Russian versus American thing going on. It's a very similar thing. Even though it's, you know, 15 years later, it still kind of has that vibe, the American versus Russian, you know, Rocky Balboa type thing going on. And it's, it's very cool to watch. And, um, you know, everyone's uh, screaming USA in the crowd. You know, the American flags are out. It's pretty cool. So they're fighting. Uh, Dan Severn comes out. He's slapping him in a wrestling stance. So he comes out in, this, in a wrestling stance. He doesn't have a striking stance at all. And uh, he's, you know, slapping him up. He slaps him, uh, you know, many times, uh, excuse me, what I write here, he slaps him many times while takedowns, throws a good leg kick and some powerful, I'm sorry, I can't even, I'm sorry, I can't even read my handwriting. So what I said was he slaps him, he slaps him uh, many times while uh, Taktorov throws a good leg kick and some punches. So Taktorov probably knows, I mean, I don't know too much about Russian striking. I, I guess they probably know some type of karate. He's throwing kind of like a side kick. So he's got like a sidekick thing going on here, and uh, Taktarov, uh, he's he's excuse me, what, is it, what do I say here? Oh, okay, so Taktarov, sorry, my handwriting is so sloppy, guys. Excuse me. So Taktarov slips for a minute, and Severn tries to take him down. So Taktarov slips in the fight, and Severn tries to take him down. Taktarov rolls into a leg lock. But Dan seems to get out of it. So that's just, that's, that was impressive to me, too. Like I said, I don't really know too much about Dan Severn. Um, I know that he's a wrestler. Obviously, you can tell by how he fights. He, he's, he has a lot of wrestling experience. But I guess I didn't know how good his submission defense was. I thought, oh, okay, well, Taktarov is this big Sambo fighter. He's probably going to just, you know, submit him. Once he takes him down, he's going to, you know, out-grapple him. But, you know, he got out of the, he got out of the leg lock. So he probably knows a little bit of, you know, submission wrestling here. He probably he might even know some Brazilian jiu-jitsu or something. But... Like I said, from his previous fight, it didn't look like it because he was ankle-picking the guy. He didn't put his hooks in. He wasn't going for a rear naked choke. But who knows? Maybe, I mean, it could have just been luck. You know, he just kind of rolled out of this leg lock thing. Or he might have actually known a little bit of, you know, jiu-jitsu defense. Like I said, I don't know. It's, it's early in the fight game for MMA. So, and I don't really know too much about Dan Severn. I know he's a legend. But I'll learn more as I do these podcasts. But um, it was really interesting to see him get out of the leg lock. That was pretty cool. Um, so he gets out of the leg lock, and he, you know, he advances to mount. So now he's got Taktarov in mount. Dan attempts to, um, you know, to maul him from mount. So it looks like he's trying to maul him. He's doing the slaps and the elbows and all that crazy stuff. And Taktarov is bleeding out of his head once again. So Taktarov probably has some scar tissue here. He's bleeding a lot. Uh, Dan continues to headbutt him. He's throwing these little headbutts, which is, I'm sure, does not feel good. 
He headbutts him over and over and advances the side mount. They can they transition to guard again, and Taktarov tries to get back to his feet, but Severin takes him back down. Uh, Severin hits him with some knees to the thigh strikes and eventually lets Taktarov back up. Uh, the referee pauses the fight to let the uh, medic examine uh, and take a look at the cuts on his face and allows him to continue. So just have the medic look at Taktarov's face, make sure he's not bleeding too bad. They cleaned up some of the blood. Taktarov throws a couple punches. He's clearly exhausted. Uh, Severin continues to slap him, and Taktarov collapses to the ground. He looks as if he just got knocked out. Uh, you know, he, so he like he drives. He does this thing, and it drives me crazy. I hate watching this. I guess just because I have more of an offensive mentality. I mean, you see certain wrestlers do this. Um, excuse me, not wrestlers. You see a lot of jiu-jitsu guys do this when they're fighting, and they and they, they 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 fall to their back and they pull guard. To me, it just looks very silly. It looks it looks very. Um, looks like you're being dominated like I mean you know you see Nate Diaz do that a lot when he fought McGregor you see him doing a lot of his previous fights he gets hit and he just falls to his back I think that's just really silly and uh so Takarov is doing that he uh you know he he's desperately trying to get the fight to the ground which is not even that great of a strategy in my opinion because you couldn't submit him he already out wrestled you he grounded and pounded you so Takarov is really missing some striking in my opinion I mean Dan Severn looks like he's a lot bigger than him and he's only thrown a you know a, a sidekick in this fight. He hasn't really thrown any good punches. Like that's why I think that Taktarov messed up. He should have really unloaded with the punches, especially when he realized that he could not beat this man in, in grappling. But I I see he's, he's very confident in his grappling. I mean he keeps falling to his back, trying to lure him into his guard. But to me it's very obvious that um, you know he, he's not going to beat him in grappling. He should have just unloaded with punches, especially because Severn's a wrestler. He doesn't you know he doesn't appear like he has great striking, and he doesn't even have gloves on either. So uh, I think that you know Taktarov. You know, it's, it's it's easy for me to say that just watching this on TV, and you know it's easy for me to armchair quarterback here. But looking at the fight, I, I said you know okay, well Taktarov, you should have really unloaded with the hands here. This guy's a lot bigger, and plus. You know, yeah, you might break your hands, but this is the final fight of the tournament. Like, you know, you don't have a fight after this. You don't have to worry about, um, you know, your next opponent. Let it all out. So I really think Taktarov should have just unloaded with the punches. You know, Severn's not really a, a striker. I think that would have been his best strategy. And um, plus, these guys don't have gloves, too. So, you know, there, there's going to be a lot more cuts and, and stuff like that. And I hate to say that, but, you know, this is MMA. If, if he cuts his face, that, that could, you know, have an impact on his vision things like that so those punches without gloves there's a lot more blood and uh, a lot more scratches and you can do a lot more damage in a, in a sense i mean you can break your hands too but you can you can you can bloody up the face pretty easily so um yeah he should have he, he's you know taktarov should have thrown a lot more strikes uh Severin quickly capitalizes gets on top of him taktarov begins to bleed again and is stuck in half guard there's not much action Severin is squeezing him but not advancing so you know Severin's just thing that's frustrating about Severin watching these early fights is he can't finish. I mean, he's a strong, muscular, scary-looking guy, but he just he can't finish from the from from the top position when he takes these guys down. And like I guess he throws a bunch of slaps and elbows and knees, but he's not he's not knocking he's not TKOing anybody. He's not stopping the fight. So it is a little frustrating to watch. Uh, Severin is squeezing him but not advancing. The referee stands him up, and I actually agree with this call because, you know, I, I guess I, I did a little bit of grappling, so when I watch these fights, I have a lot of, you know, empathy for the, the grapplers. I like to let them work. But, I mean, there's nothing going on here. He's, he's, he slapped him a couple times. He, he did these, you know, these halfway headbutts. Um, there's really no action. He's not advancing the position. So, you know, I, I agree with this call. The referee stands it up. Um, 
you know, this is like a 30-minute fight with no rounds. You know, both these fighters are really exhausted. They plus they've had they've had fights previously, so they're really exhausted. Taktarov uh, throws leg kicks with minimal power. You know, Taktarov is throwing these these kicks that really have no power. You know, to be fair to him, he's very exhausted. He's probably got a lot of damage to his legs from you know when he fought Ruiz. Uh, his kicks are not impressive. Uh, I think, like I said, I think it's a terrible strategy, but he's tired. You know, Taktarov's chance to win this fight on the, was on the feet, like I said earlier. Um, you know, you know, this it's this fight was, I guess, this fight was a little bit better than the last one, I guess, because you know Severin just kind of mauls his guys on the ground, but he's not finishing them, so it's a little bit more exciting. It's it's kind of like kind of like pro wrestling. <laughs> Early on, this reminds me a lot of like WWF, WWE type stuff. So there's not much action on the ground. Uh, Dance, you know, they, they get back to the ground again. Um, Dan Severn holds them on the ground for the remaining of the of the time left until the referee stands them back up again. Uh, he stands them up. There's you know less than three minutes left on the clock. They throw a few punches and Tactrell tries to lure him into his guard once again, and the fight's over. You know, clearly Dan Severn won the fight. And um, so I'm sure people were happy about that because the fight was in America. I think it was in Colorado, and everyone's chanting USA, so it was kind of cool. But yeah, that's 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 the evolution of MMA, my friends. And um, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna do podcasts on all these original UFC fights, um, just so we can get you know the basis of the history here. And uh, you know we're gonna cover, of course, we're gonna cover uh, modern day UFC fights too. Uh, you know, we got a couple big fights coming up. We have Colby Covington fighting Tyron Woodley, so I'm sure I'm going to do a podcast on that. And then we, after that, we have Khabib facing um, Justin Gaethje. And then we have uh, Dustin Poirier fighting uh, Tony Ferguson. So we're going to cover the modern-day stuff, and we're going to cover the old stuff. We're going to, you know, go back to the foundations of MMA so I can understand, you know, how beautiful the sport is, how it grew, and give props to the the legends. I know Dan Severn is a legend. I've, I've barely seen any of his fights. I think those those are like the first two fights I've really seen from Dan Severn. So we're gonna go back. We're gonna do the basic fights. You know, Hoist Gracie, all the original. So I'm I'm gonna get my history right, and I can be more thorough MMA fan and a more thorough MMA podcaster, guys. So that was UFC Ultimate Fight 95 Catchweight, December 16th, 1995, and that is a USC Classic, my friend. So I hope you guys enjoyed that, and there will be more UFC podcasts coming up.